0: Register at PacExpoInternational.com. We interrupt our regular schedule of Unpacked with PMMI podcasts, as these are anything but regular times. Hi, I'm Sean Riley, and today we speak with Jorge Esquerdo, Vice President of Market Development for PMMI. From the earliest days of the pandemic, Jorge and his team have kept tabs on the industry with weekly pulse surveys, monthly purchasing indexes, and most recently, provided guidance on the economic future via a webinar. Jorge's data reveals that, yes, things are rough right now and it may be a struggle, but the situation is manageable for your business and the future is not nearly as bleak as it may appear. Come back, Jorge. Hey, Sean. It's a pleasure to be back with you. It seems like as soon as we got back from PAC Expo East, probably the week after, um, PMMI Business Intelligence jumped right into um, trying to get information out about the, uh, the COVID-19 as it's developed into a pandemic. And you guys deployed a number of surveys and had a bunch of research. You've been running webinars. Anything you guys could do to keep members up to date as you know the business environment continued to change? Can you, I guess, kind of give us a little bit on how the the surveys have been received and what kind of data we've gotten back from them? Yeah, sure
1: sean um uh, first of all it's it's interesting you know this uh this is not our first recession of course here uh with pmi we've been uh, at least going through a couple more uh with this the same team so uh we've learned you know uh what we want to do early on how to react and um and kind of what type of information our members are looking for. In this case, I I would want to touch maybe on on three products that uh, we actually updated, uh, the three of them this week. Uh, The first one is uh, what we call is the weekly polls, and that's uh, pretty much uh, a survey from uh, our own members, kind of asking, you know, key issues uh, about their uh, businesses, how they are going in terms of um, business indicators like uh, proposals, Orders, uh, specifics to COVID-19, like is their plant open or closed? Are their offices open or closed? So uh, the first one, the weekly pulse, is uh, updated, as as you can imagine, by the name every week. Uh, And it's about the members. And uh, it's a good tool for members to kind of benchmark what they are feeling and what the rest of the industry is feeling. The second one is uh, the monthly purchasing index. And this is looking at the customer side of of the business. And uh, here we ask our members, customers, uh, how they are doing in terms of uh, investment in uh, packaging and processing equipment. Uh, And we ask basically how they are doing this quarter versus last quarter versus last year, same quarter, uh, how they are doing versus uh, budget. And also, you know, we ask uh, about the future, you know, how... What's their feeling about what, uh, how, how investments will behave in the, in the near future for them? Uh, the, the last one I want to make reference is not a survey. It's, uh, it's a webinar, a webinar that we just had yesterday. The, it's a webinar from ITR. It's a group of economists that has, uh, uh, helped us in the past several times with presentations at the annual meeting and the ELC, other webinars. And this one was titled guidance in an uncertain economy. Uh, a lot of uh, highlights in terms of what members should be expecting in the coming uh, months uh, and uh, some recommendations and to those, uh for them as well. So a lot of value for the members and uh, uh, certainly information uh, from uh, the packaging machinery industry for the packaging machinery industry.
0: And we've. From what I understand, we've had these before with other um, recession as they've come up. You guys can then adapt them. You know, when the economy gets good again, you kind of spread them out so we don't necessarily have to run them as often, correct?
1: So I- I'm going to be honest. Uh,
0: uh, yes, the answer is yes. And we already know how, how this works. You know, right now it's,
1: uh, it's a weekly pulse. So we're asking members, you know, to complete it every week. As the trends uh, remain steady for longer periods, of time they they flattened and uh, instead of doing them every week we move to do them uh every month and then the same thing as uh, as business goes uh, back to normal we go back to do them uh, every quarter this is the all, all these are normally quarter uh surveys both the purchasing index and the, that normally we call it house business
0: yeah, unfortunately, one of the I guess silver linings when these bad things have happened is you, you kind of get a, a system and you learn how to to deal with these, you know, when they when they occur again. Okay, so let's let's jump in on some of these and get a little more in depth on on the the results that have come out of them. So let's talk about the weekly pulse. How are the PMMI members dealing with, you know, the social distancing rules, the, the plants openings, the travel, stuff like that. You got some data on that you can share with us? Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, uh, first of all, you know, I, I'm very pleased to share with you that, uh, most of the member plants have been up and running, uh, for, a. Uh, during all these uh, past few months, past couple of months, since I guess uh, early March, uh, I, I would say at, at the height, you know, the closings of plants was at two point eight percent. The the reading from last week is uh, that uh, the closings right now are at one point nine percent, so it's very low. Uh, now, in in terms of the offices, and when I when I when I refer to office closings i i mean uh the office itself is not op- open uh, to the public but you if you call them uh, somebody answers i mean there's uh, pretty much every office is is open this is just uh if people are going to the office because of the social restrictions um i got to I tell you and the End of March, um, it, it went up, up to 21.6% uh, of os- offices were closed from our members. And it, it's been coming down consistently. Right now, we are at 12.5% of uh, closings. Uh, and uh, right now, 86% of our members have both, you know, the plant and the offices open. And again, when I mean offices open, I, I mean uh, they they have their staff in the office open and running. If not, the office is open, but virtually. They're they on the phones and they're up, up for business. So... In general, uh, our members have, uh, as as many of them, uh, are certainly essential to the the economy and uh, uh, the food uh, supply chain, food pharma supply chain. Uh, they are certainly up up and running and they've been up to the plate and, and uh, supporting the, the country, really. Uh, now, when we're talking more about our the access that our members are having to their customers' plans, that's a little different. We're, what we're finding it's a significant number, uh, and I'm, we divide it in two categories. We divide it, one is service, the other one is sales, uh, in terms of access to the companies. So we have a significant number of denying access uh, to the plants. Uh, in the case of service, uh, it's, it's starting to come down, but it's it's still at the upper 60%, uh, around 66% right now. Uh, so it's significant. When you talk about uh, sales staff, same thing. It's it's starting to come down slowly, but even uh, even higher as to be expected. Uh, the denying access to the to the plants is uh, up to over eighty percent in the case of sales. So it's very significant and, and certainly affecting uh, our members' businesses. We have several of our members sharing with us comments in terms of problems uh, providing after sales service, uh, starting new equipment, even delivering new equipment. That's that's been a problem for some of the members. Who are they do have the equipment uh, ready uh, ready to ship, but they cannot ship it because the customers are not ready to receive it. And because of these delays now, there, there are some delays as well in terms of uh, payments and, and this kind of uh, situations with the deliveries. Um, in terms of supply chain, uh, there's also uh, kind of pretty stable. Uh, around 40% of our members declared... Some degree of uh, disruption in the supply chain, nothing uh, really serious at this time, but kind of uh, uh, minor things. Uh, But again, you know, the number is not moving up. Uh, it's shown kind of uh, staying around the the 40%. Now, I I guess, Sean, you might be wondering about uh, what's happening with orders and and quotations, you know, what's happening with the future business. So it's interesting. I mean, for the past three years, uh, orders and quotations have remained pretty, orders mainly have have remained pretty stable, what our members are telling us. Uh, But it's kind of divided. It's one third are saying no change. It's still the same. Uh, one-third is saying uh, it's declining and the other third is saying it's going up and um, what seems to be happening here is it, it depends uh, where you are and who you're selling to um, if you're selling to the food industry you would uh, to the food and beverage industry and I guess farm uh, as well uh, they are very busy they are running at a hundred percent if they are buying something it tends to be something that they want now uh if it's something uh that that they were talking about maybe uh, six months from now uh they are they they are they are not thinking about it uh, right now so i guess it depends a lot on on what you sell and to who you're selling uh how how you feel feeling business in terms of quotations um uh, the, the number of uh, members declaring decrease, number of quotations is coming down, uh, the ones uh, declaring increase is going up, uh, but most of our members at uh, 45% are declaring that it's not changing. So it seems it's, it's kind of uh, stabilizing to, to some degree. Uh, and that's, uh, I would say, in general, you know, how's, uh, how's the business with our members? How, that's the feeling, I guess, of uh, our members in terms of business.
0: Okay, so it's kind of it's impacting, obviously, in different ways. It matters based off of how or what industry your main customers are coming from. You know, if you're in a food service type thing that you're serving those it might be a little down if you're doing retail food it might be a little up pharma is going to be up i am so it, it's different across the board um have we seen an increase with remote monitoring or anything like that in terms of using that to service machines because i'm hearing that from what you said that some of that's kind of a problem
1: uh, uh sean you're absolutely right in fact now we're touching on the on the side of uh, our, uh purchasing index. Um, This year, uh, as you said earlier, yes, we tune up our surveys depending on what's happening. So this year, instead of just asking uh, how they're doing in terms of orders, current uh, budget or future orders, we also ask them about uh, specifically uh, three things, robotics, uh, remote access, and uh, uh, remote monitoring. Robotics, not significant changes there. In terms of remote access, Absolutely, everybody's using more remote access. When you ask them about the, the what they think about remote access and uh, uh, using remote access after, I mean, in the future, after, you know, COVID-19, I, I guess, you know, at some point, everybody, it doesn't matter the industry, everybody's saying, yes, that's something that we're going to invest more uh, resources in, more time in, and we're interested in growing it up. So uh, it, this is certainly an area of uh, opportunity for our members as as uh, the food industry, food, beverage, pharma, uh, maybe, maybe, I guess, food and pharma, you know, as uh, they are going right now through a spike of demand. As that spike of demand uh, comes down and start leveling up, off, you're going to find a number one, a lot of demand for after-sales service. Many of those operations are running their equipment 24-7 and, uh, if, if possible, holding on uh, maintenance. So once the situation, uh, this is spikes is, we're over the spike, uh, number one thing we're going to see is a significant amount of service calls. So, if uh, the, the, the situation here is number one, make sure your, your service technicians are, are up and ready. If you are able to redeploy maybe somebody else from your operations towards service, uh, start planning for it now, uh, start working on it. Uh, Sometimes that guy uh, in the plant floor has the right technical uh, knowledge to provide service. You just need to fine tune some. Sometimes the approach to customer uh, service, but uh, absolutely, that's that's going to be a significant demand. The after sales service, but immediately after that is going to be demand for. Uh, increased uh, functionality for remote access. You know, in in the past few years, remote access has been uh, uh, kind of not, uh, like, seems like a good idea, but not necessarily welcome because of concerns of uh, cybersecurity. Uh, these days with the... Um, uh, all these restrictions for traveling and limited access for uh, service staff into into plants. Uh, these days, uh, it seems any kind of communication, uh, video communication, either your phone or your computer, is now considered remote access, kind of. Uh, so, if you have FaceTime now, FaceTime is kind of remote access. So basically, they they. It, the perception is changing significantly, much more open uh, regarding uh, remote access. Uh, absolutely uh, understanding the benefits of remote access. In many cases, uh, it, it's not about service in the uh, manufacturing operation of the, of the customers. It's about uh, factory acceptance tests. You know, a significant number of those uh, facts are, are now being done uh, via video. Uh, sometimes uh, even they are not live they are recorded and just emailed. Uh, sometimes they are done live via video but my point here is everybody is now recognizing the uh, how effective you can do with uh, you can be with remote access uh, how much is needed when a situation like uh, this occurs uh, and not just that you know how much you can uh, save uh in regular operations by by having access to to remote access so certainly uh, members uh have a significant opportunity to offer uh, uh either retrofits upgrades uh, uh anything you know to offer remote access and uh, remote monitoring and uh, uh also you know again uh, be ready for uh, uh after sales service uh, after the next few weeks you know the next few months yeah
0: that's, that's two amazing points that came out of that. That You, you touched on it a bunch, but I, uh, having been around this and you've been around it just over the years, trying to get people to understand the benefits of remote access and, and remote monitoring and the costs, like you said, that can be saved on it and the travel and stuff like that. And everybody was just so worried about the cyber portion of it. They're willing to do online banking and shop online and stuff like that, but nobody would would that people in from that standpoint from remote monitoring. And now you're saying that, you know, even FaceTime has to be used and videos and it's, it, it is, I guess it's another silver lining. That's kind of come out of this um, situation is that people are recognizing that, that the remote monitoring can really be a great thing. And I hadn't, hadn't even really thought about the, the service portion of it that yes, while these things are going 24 hours a day, those, those things are being overlooked and someone's going to have to come in and, and, you know, grease the wheels and fix those things. Um, once we get through this and things slow down a bit. Okay, with that all said, you've kind of given us where we are and how everybody's been doing up till now. Um, how about the future? You said you had, I, I listened to The Economist. Um, it was fascinating, especially, I mean, it was 90 minutes and I don't understand a lot of the economy and he was able to keep me in, in entertained and, and in tune for 90 minutes. So what can you tell us about that?
1: Well, Uh, So, Sean, let let me tell you, before even moving to the the economy, I want to share you this portion of the monthly uh, economic indicator, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that information that the uh, customers, our members' customers, uh, are telling us. Okay. Uh, First of all, um, to be expected. Pharma and personal care are very optimistic in terms of investment uh, in packaging and processing equipment in coming uh, quarters and uh, for 2021. Uh, again, that I, I guess that's not a, a surprise for anybody, given the the, the current situation. What we are li- what we are listening from uh, food and beverage, they are they might kind of hold on on, on some of their investments. Still, of course, you know there's. Uh, Uh, It's a significant part of the investment for uh, packaging and processing equipment. They're going to still be there, but uh, they might hold on on, uh, some of those investments. And uh, that's specifically from what the industries are are telling us directly. Now, talking a little more about uh, the conversation, that uh, presentation from our ITR, from uh, Alex Chausovsky, um, you're right. I think it's. Uh, I, I love them. They're pretty good at uh, uh, presenting complicated economic topics in a very easy to understand and easy to relate to your business way. So uh, some of the highlights uh, that we're getting from them is uh, they're they're giving us their best estimation in terms of uh, how long it's going to be this uh, this recession, what's going to happen, when we're going to get back to to the to the n- level that we were at the beginning of the year. And I guess the their answer was a split in two. The first part was in terms of the general economy, uh, kind of on the consumer side, maybe, uh, the, the part of the gross domestic product, I guess, uh, will be coming back towards the first quarter of uh, 21. That's, that's kind of the expectation. Uh, however, on the industrial side, uh, they they expect that to take a little longer. They're going uh, down to maybe a third quarter of uh, 21 in order to to go back to the levels uh, we had at uh, the beginning of this year. Um, but again, there's a lot of, of uh, caveats here. When you look at the key customers for the packaging industry, you're talk, talking about food, beverage, uh, personal care, pharma. Uh, and some industries, you know, they have been uh, certainly, uh, as we were talking about pharma and, and uh, personal care, they have, they are actually investing, they are growing, and uh, they are pushing projects in uh, in, in terms of uh, packaging equipment. Others uh, are are still investing, uh, and I think uh, that for the members, you know, that that recovery won't be that late in in. Uh, 2021 i think we're going to find it earlier more on the first and second quarters of uh of 21. um so so when we we uh, asked uh, alex a little more uh, in terms of uh of the future and uh, kind of uh, opportunities things to pay attention to one of the things that uh, i thought it was interesting you know He said that one of the impacts that they are expecting to see in the industry uh, in general, globally, is uh, reconsidering the supply chain uh, that uh, CPGs are currently working with, uh, making them shorter, uh, what they call near sourcing trends, uh, and sometimes develop uh, alternate sourcing uh, opportunities. So this means... uh, some of, of, of the things that maybe we're currently manufacturing either in Asia or in other parts, uh, we might find them coming back either to the US or to Canada and Mexico, kind of getting closer to us and, and that potentially uh, bringing some opportunities uh, for the members. Um, we, we talked uh, already about the, the spike that we're, we, we've seen in, in uh, food and beverage. Yes, that spike is spikes going to level off, but still the industry is going to be there and uh, they, they have uh, good uh, potential for growth in coming years. Finally, the one thing that I, I thought it was very interesting, Sean, is the recommendations, the specific recommendations that Alex uh, gave to the members for their own businesses. You know, and this is not... Well, sometimes when you talk about the economy, you think about this macro level. Uh, and, and I guess the, the one thing I like from IT they are there they do a very good job at bringing down those big numbers into what those, what that means to your business. So the, the first thing they they made reference to is uh, cash flow. it's really really do a very good job at projecting your cash flow for the next three quarters. Uh, be very careful take care of your cash. Uh, and that's linked with the their second suggestion. Uh, they say take advantage of government programs like uh, CARES, the CARES Act. Take a close look at your relationship with banks. Uh, review your lines of credit. Make sure that they are there. They are uh, Refresh them if you need to, uh, just in case. Uh, but you know, certainly you need to, to be very careful with your cash flow and access to cash in, in different ways. Uh, the third recommendation that the, they share with us as you're looking uh, after your own uh, financial well-being you need to also look at the financial well-being of uh, supplier and customers uh, speak to them check uh, uh, are they going to be able to to go through this this situation and uh, still supply uh, uh, your materials hold the contracts for new orders uh, speak to them speak to them daily Uh uh, every month, consistently, uh, and pay a, pay lots of attention of what they say. Uh, the next part is it's in terms of uh, recovery rates. Again, you know, uh, many of our members have the benefit of working with industries that tend to be uh, to have certain degree of resilience uh, during recessions. You know, like food, beverage, farm, and personal care. So that's great, but still, you know, keep an eye on them see which ones are, are are bouncing back at what rate and concentrate your efforts in those industries it's uh look at your, your industries uh look at your customers in that way uh and finally you know it's it's more uh at looking at all these uh you look at all these trends all these numbers as it happens in the uh, macro economy as it happens in different industries look at those numbers internally at your own company uh develop your own uh uh, rate of changes, your own trends. Understand what's happening inside of your own business. Uh, and that will help you uh, project uh, what what you need to to do, what decisions you need to take, and and go through this uh, 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 COVID bump uh, in
0: twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. That's I I was still writing down that last one from the the five points that I had to do for managing my future and that's why there was a little bit of a pause there because it, it it's so true that you like you said'll they'll, they'll speak for 90 minutes and you'll come out of it with these five bullet points that perfectly sum up exactly what you need to do um I I can't say enough or thank you enough for for the time that you've given us and the information you've given us I mean we just jammed a lot of uh, of what's happening right now um, what everybody's going through but kind of what we we think is going to happen and, and how we, we think we can, you know, come out of this on a, on an economic um, from an economic standpoint with our, uh, with the different things that you guys provide um, from PMMI Business Intelligence. So I just want to thank you again for uh, coming on the pod with us, Jorge and take care of yourself.
1: Hey Sean, it's always a pleasure to, to chat with you and just uh, to remember the members All this information is available in our website. It's pmmi.org slash coronavirus. Uh, All the information, everything that we've talked about is there. Uh, If you have any questions, please, please let us know. We'll be more than happy to help you.